I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Welcome back. Last episode, I was talking about happy hormones and I covered four hormones, endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. And I discussed how coaches and trainers can boost those hormones by programming specific exercises and motivating their clients to get to a certain intensity to be able to really utilize those hormones efficiently and effectively. Now today, I'm gonna talk about exercise motivation because I think that links really well with happy hormones. We can't really take advantage of these happy hormones if we don't motivate ourselves to actually get moving and exercise in the first place. So, I'm gonna be covering the two main categories of motivation, intrinsic and extrinsic. And I'm also gonna talk about what do we do in the absence of both of those. So sometimes we might get everything right, but the intrinsic motivation and the extrinsic motivation just quite isn't enough. It's not really working today. And in the absence of that, we need to try something else. So I'll be talking about that last. But before I do, let's begin with intrinsic motivation and I want to start here because it is the most powerful sustainable form of motivation it has to be because it's it's about everything that happens internally now let me give you that give you some context so just stop for a moment have a think about something that gives you immense pleasure something that you do purely for the experience and enjoyment of it something that stimulates you something that entertains you something that makes you feel really good and 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 happy now it might be listening to your favorite album it could be soaking in a nice warm bubble bath it could be it could be exercise for those of you out there that are fitness enthusiasts there's a good chance you've found your intrinsic motivation already and it could be a specific form of exercise, which we'll talk about in more detail. So think about what that is, and think about how easy it is to motivate yourself to do those things. In fact, a lot of the time, the the difficulty and the challenge is motivating yourself to not do those things, to focus on the other responsibilities and areas in your life that you must spend time on as well. So a lot of people love, you know, watching Netflix or, you know, binging their favorite box set. Not called box sets anymore, are they? You know what I mean? For example, Stranger Things, I love that. I can sit and watch that back to back. Ted Lasso, wow. So that, I am very, very intrinsically motivated to watch Ted Lasso or Stranger Things. So there's a couple of examples from me. Now we can still utilize this for exercise. And you've probably heard people say to you many a time, you know, clients, family, friends, oh, but I don't like exercise. And to those people, I say the same thing as to what I say to people that say, I don't like fruit and vegetables. Have you tried all the varieties out there? 
fruit and vegetables, there's over 2,000 different varieties. Pretty sure people haven't tried all 2,000. So there'll be something out there you enjoy. And it's the same for exercise. There are so many different types of exercise now. Physical activity. People tend to think in terms of the gym. It's not always about the gym. And even if it is about the gym, there's so many different ways you can train and exercise within the gym. So I want to talk about that in detail now. Now from a coach's and trainer's point of view, the intrinsic motivation goes all the way back to that first client interview. So at Storm Fitness Academy, we teach our trainers to conduct a client interview. So before they begin anything, they conduct a client interview, and during that process, they're information gathering. They're gathering lots of sort of qualitative and quantitative data from their clients. That sounds very technical, I know, but basically they're asking them questions. And with that information, they can then write a personalized program that's safe and effective and meets that client's needs. Now within that, there's gonna be questions about their preferences, which we'll come back to in a sec, which link to intrinsic motivation. But just that initial interview process, we'll also call it a consultation, is very important for intrinsic motivation because it's about rapport building. Now, you've all been there, you've all had a consultation in some way, shape or form, whether that's for exercise or, or another area of your life. And sometimes when you're sat down, you really feel like you're bonding with that person and you're, you're on the same page and you know, you're really enjoying that person's company. They understand you and you understand them. Um, everybody wants to be seen, heard and understood. And when your trainer sees you, hears you, understands you, naturally you will build this rapport. And, and if they've got a sense of humor, that helps a lot as well. You know, if they've got this nice, positive, energetic vibe about them, that helps as well. So just enjoying being in the company of that individual naturally is gonna boost your intrinsic motivation. So this is why it's really important for coaches and trainers to actually have a bit of likability. Uh, it's gonna be quite hard for them to motivate clients if they're just not likable. So likability is really important. And you know, that's a whole other podcast talking about likability, but being able to relate to people, understand people, empathize, compassion, um, remain positive, cognitive reframing, taking negative situations and pulling out the positives and, and just being nice, you know, nice and friendly helps massively. So that's your first point of call when it comes to boosting your client's intrinsic motivation, the client interview. Make it a positive experience for them. So we do that, then we look at all the information that we've gathered and we can start considering some other things as well. So first of all, what have you tried in the past? What was successful? What wasn't so successful? And then from that, you can start to figure out, okay, so look, I don't want to be making this person use the rowing machine because they've already said to me, they hate the rower um, and it always niggles an old injury that they've got. Random example, but you get the idea. So. We want to make sure that we, we hear that, we listen to that, we acknowledge it, and we, we utilize that when we go into the exercise programming stage. Now, there could be some other things they say they don't like. You know, it could be even the form of, form of um, communication. They might say that, uh, look, I, 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 I work really well with WhatsApp, so I tend to do this, like doing this stuff through WhatsApp because all my work is done through email. So if you could WhatsApp me stuff, that'd be great. So even personalizing the way you communicate with somebody is gonna help boost that intrinsic motivation. Anything that enhances the user experience. 
Now it might be the person says to you, I used to go to a circuit training class and I love that. Um, I really like the idea of being at a station moving on. So you might think, right, brilliant. First program on the right with this client is gonna be a circuit-based program. So you can talk about the training methods. So it might be that the person likes circuits, they might like supersets, drop sets, tri sets. Think about all those training methods out there, which I'll cover in another podcast episode and utilizing the ones that that person likes the most. Now also, you can think about the environment. If you've got a client that loves getting outdoors and you also love getting outdoors, brilliant. What a great opportunity that is. Taking your clients outdoors on, on a on a nice day, like today's a nice day, it's quite cool, it's quite a good temperature. This would be fantastic for training outdoors. But it might be even something as simple as taking them for a, a power walk or a run, whatever that may be. So think about the environment. If you're, if you're stuck in an, an environment where you really have to sort of remain, maybe you've got a, a PT studio that you hire, you pay for, it's an overhead for you, so you kind of want to use that. Well, just make that environment as positive as you, as you can. Make sure it's clean. Make sure that um, it's well maintained. Make sure that you've got some lovely infographics and things up around the room that are very positive, you know, educational messages, positive quotes, if you like that sort of thing. So think about any way that when someone walks into that environment, they go, I like being in this space. I would like to come here more often. So you've got the great rapport with the trainer. I love being with this, this trainer, that I really enjoy their company. I love the program they've written for me. They've considered all my preferences. They've put in the, the exercises I like doing, the training systems I like doing. It's all within my capabilities. It challenges me, but I can do it and I don't feel silly because I can't do the exercises properly. It's not that they're so complex. I, I can't do them. And that's another, I suppose a little bit of a bugbear is sometimes, you know, I've been in gyms and I can't help but look around and, and observe. And I'll, I'll see trainers sometimes, you know, most of the time they're doing a fantastic job, but sometimes I see a trainer or making somebody who's very self-conscious, perhaps very, very out of shape, and they're doing an exercise that they obviously picked up in men's fitness or <laughs> some uh, magazine that's got some crazy idea for a new exercise in there. And they're getting their clients to do it. And it's just, I can see that, that the client is so self-conscious and that's where you have to use a bit more emotional intelligence as a trainer and go, this exercise might be good, it might be, but this client is really not enjoying it. And this is gonna potentially become a barrier to them turning up. Now, if you're training pro athletes, if you're training clients that are very, very fit and wanna to get to that next level, they are gonna be prepared to do things that are taking them out of their comfort zone more and that they don't particularly enjoy but that's the next level and actually that links to extrinsic motivation what we'll talk about next so if you want to make somebody more intrinsically motivated make sure they're enjoying your company you know lighten up good sense of humor um, be nice be friendly be compassionate remember the details get to know your client really well make sure the environment's good healthy, safe, clean, inspirational, well-lit, motivational. Make sure that the program that you're giving them takes into consideration their needs. And also the advice that you give them outside of training, because they might be coming to you twice a week or even three times a week, but there's still other bits they're gonna have to do outside of training. I had, um, I had a lady from British Gas come round last week and she said to me, um, oh, you're the fitness guy. And I don't know how she knows that actually, but she did. She said, you're the fitness guy. And 
she said, I need to talk to you about metabolic workouts. And I was like, okay, resisting rolling my eyes. And she said, I, I'm, I'm at an age now where apparently I need to do metabolic workouts to ramp up my metabolism. Um, can you give me some advice on that? And I said, well, a metabolic workout is going to be anything that increases your metabolism significantly. So, you know, a walk is going to increase your metabolism metabolism but I guess by the definition of, definition of metabolic workout we're talking about stuff like interval training and she went oh is that HIT?" and I was like well HIT is high intensity interval training so it's a form of interval training yes that would increase your metabolism uh, doing resistance training workouts like circuits and doing the things like the drop sets and supersets I mentioned earlier but I said how however if you're doing something because you think it's going to ramp up your metabolism, but you hate it, you're not going to sustain it. You're not going to stick to it. You're going to, there's going to be these barriers all the time to you turning up and actually doing it. So when you work out the number of workouts you've completed across a 12 month period, for example, you probably will have done a lot less because you didn't enjoy them. Far better that you choose something because that you enjoy because you're going to sustain it. She was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, so like, what do you like doing? She went, well, I like mountain bike and I love going out on mountain bike, but is that good for weight loss? And I said, well, compared to standing around doing nothing or sitting down, yes, it's going to increase your energy output and you're going to do a lot higher volume of that because you're enjoying it. She was like, oh, I didn't really think about it like that. So anyway, I won't bore you with the rest of the conversation, but this is a real common thing, isn't it? People are getting hold of these ideas for, yeah, I must do these metabolic workouts because I'm, I'm by the way, she was my age, 44, same age as me. She's gone, I'm 44 now. Um, I can't, I, I need to do metabolic workouts. So my final point on intrinsic motivation is it's extremely powerful. And the reason I think it's so great is because actually it creates a very positive relationship with exercise, which it should be. And that, in itself is going to make it more sustainable and you know let's be honest you know, the reason i'm out here talking to you now is because i love getting outdoors i'm very intrinsically motivated to get outdoors so this is my thing so i know that i'm this is going to be much more sustainable for me i get to do a lovely walk in nature to get here then i get to talk and then i get a walk back at the end so i'm extremely intrinsically motivated to do this Whereas if I was in a, a noisy gym <laughs> with lots of loud music playing, uh, the, the awkwardness of people walking in front and everything else, that wouldn't be very intrinsically motivating. So there we go. I think I've done intrinsic motivation to death. Let's move on to extrinsic motivation. Now, as much as I've just said, intrinsic is the way forward. It's fantastic. It's great. We love it. Extrinsic motivation still has its place because extrinsic motivation is about doing something for an end goal. Now, the end goal could be to gain something, could be some sort of reward down the line that you want, um, or it could be to avoid something down the line. That's still extrinsic. You've probably heard of the, the carrot or the stick approach. So it's like, you know, you get the carrot or you get the stick. And that's what extrinsic motivation is. And like I said, still has its place. I am extrinsically motivated at the moment because I'm getting married soon and I've got to get into a suit 
and I'm going to have to have lots of photos taken of me and I know I'm going to be looking at those photos probably for the rest of my life with my grandkids one day hopefully and I want to look at them and feel happy about what I see so I'm very extremely motivated about that plus we've got a honeymoon in Italy we're going to be on a beach um, or by a lake uh, and I'm going to be in my swimming trunks so I don't want to look out of shape <laughs> so that's extrinsic motivation there's nothing wrong with that by the way everybody cares about how they look and uh, and it can be channeled and utilized to improve your health so if you're motivated by your before and after pictures um, on your um, uh, on your phone then that's fine because if that gets you off the sofa moving and it and it stops you from eating that extra cream cake or gets you thinking about better nutritious eating what's wrong with that now obviously we, we have to be mindful that it doesn't become an obsession but it still certainly has a very healthy and uh, a good good intent behind it so as coaches and trainers how can we use extrinsic motivation well in the last podcast i talked about serotonin and how if we collect data about our clients and show them that how much better they are since they've been exercising then they'll get this boost in serotonin well essentially this is extrinsic motivation so when we first train a client we might do a full-on battery of tests it don't really does depend on the client we don't want to scare them off but we we might do we might we might check their heart rate their blood pressure we might measure their waist we might work out their height to waist ratio um, or their hip to um their hip to waist ratio we might carry out a do something like a 12 minute cooper run test it really does depend on the client you've got you might just do a step test you might go for a walk but in any way, shape or form, you're going to gather data that shows you who is this person now? Where are they at? Now, my advice to you coaches and trainers is actually that the initial data that you gather, by all means, share that with the client. But when they ask you, what does that mean? Your go-to answer is always going to be, well, nothing at the moment. It's the second lot of tests that we do that will tell us whether this program is working for you and whether you've been adhering to this new lifestyle. But I would strongly encourage you guys to avoid telling them the results if it's bad news. So if someone's just had a client interview, they're pumped, they're loving their new trainer, they think they have a really positive vibe from this trainer, I love the environment, I'm really excited to get going, I can, I can see the future, I can see how fantastic I'm going to feel and look. You do the battery test and you say, okay, uh, just look at your data here. Um, your BMI is, which we'll talk about in another podcast, your BMI is uh, obese. Uh, your waist circumference put you at high risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes. Um, your movement um, mobility is poor. They are just, they're going to hit, they're going to crash, aren't they? They're going to go from a high straight to a low. You're going to destroy their motivation. So we don't want to do that. We want to keep that motivation up. So when you get that data, all you do is, yep, you can share it with them. And when they ask what that means, you just need to be very clear that, look, you don't need to know where you sit in relation to the population at the moment because we don't care about the population. We care about you and your progress. The only person I want you to compare yourself to is you. So in six weeks eight weeks 12 weeks whatever you decide when we get that data again we're going to look at that and we're going to see how well you've done now there's nothing wrong with a bit of goal setting 
And this really utilizes extrinsic motivation to a T. So with goal setting, we can actually say to the person, right, what we want you to do is get your waist circumference, say we're talking about a man, we want to get your waist circumference below 37 inches because that is considered to be low risk, meaning you're much you're a much lower risk of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, cancers, dementia, lots of, lots of different medical conditions. So that's where we want to get you to. Um, and it's going to take some time, but we're going to get you there. Now, writing that down as a goal and then creating some milestones along the way can become very motivational because they're always working towards that next milestone. And that's why it's important to keep collecting data. If you're a coach or a trainer and you're not collecting data, it's not that you'll be doing a bad job, but there's an argument to say you could be doing a better job. You're missing out on an opportunity to motivate your clients and to show them how much better they are get, becoming as a person and, and educating them on the importance of that data as well. So that's something you do, uh, goal setting. Now we can also do what's called smart goal setting. So smart goal setting is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timed. So with that, we, we make sure the goal is very specific. 37 inch waist or below 37 inch waist, that's specific. Measurable, yes, we can measure that with a tape measure. Achieving and realistic, now we don't know that until we've had a conversation about whether the person is willing to take action on it, but also depending on the time frame. So if the person's waist is 38 inches and you say to reduce the waist by 30, 38 to 37 inches in 12 weeks, yeah, absolutely realistic and achievable. So that's how we can utilize smart goal setting. So we wanna make sure that it's not an ambiguous goal. They need to know whether they've achieved it or they haven't and how close they are to it. So that's why we use the SMART acronym. So extrinsic, motiva extrinsic motivation, we, we do need data for that. You can do the before and after photo thing, works very well. You can do it by clothing, so like dress size, trouser size, that stuff works well too. You can do it by completing a certain um, run, walk, you know, distance, for example. So can I run a 5K without stopping? Can I run a 5K in under 20 minutes? Can I do a half marathon without stopping? Can I do a half marathon in under two hours? Can I run a marathon without stopping? Can I run a marathon without dying? You know, something like that. So just, that can be a very motivational extrinsic goal. I know a lot of people will train for like the race for life, for example, which is a 5K. And it could be as simple as just completing it, nothing else, just completing it. Another utilization of extrinsic could be completing a number of workouts. And I quite like that one. So if you say to somebody, by a certain date, I want you to have done this many workouts. And there's so many apps now as well that you can use for logging that stuff for you. I mentioned in the last episode about uh, Trainerize is a, a coaching app or a personal training app that you can use. And that will tell your clients all the time how many workouts have they done, if they've, um, if they've beat a PB, so if they've lifted more than they ever lifted, if they've got a greater volume than they've ever done, if they run faster than they ever have, it gives that data to them. And it's great as well if you're not very good as a trainer at being organized with data, because as long as they are on the app, that does it for you, which is great. Um, so utilize the, the, all the different applications that are out there at your disposal. And that's what they're there for. And they are very good at that. You know, if you are somebody that 
doesn't like technology and all those applications, that's fine. You can still use paper and log things in notebooks and stuff, absolutely fine. But if you do like applications, then things like Strava and Trainerize and, and MyFitnessPal, they're very good for, for logging all that data for you. So that's extrinsic motivation. So don't forget the difference between the two, intrinsic, we're doing it because we love it. Extrinsic, we're doing it because we want to achieve an end goal or we wanna prevent something happening like heart disease, type two diabetes, um, just premature death. Okay, just, I said just premature death, like that's not that bad. Um, premature death, let's get rid of the just. Um, right, lastly, what happens when none of that works? Cause there is gonna be times when none of that works. You know, we can, I, I love getting out into nature as you've obviously gathered. I love getting out into nature and I don't have to work very hard at motivating myself to do that. But yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a time, I'm sure, where I go, mm, it's not feeling it today, bit tired, bit under the weather, feeling a bit low for whatever reason, just don't wanna do it. So then I used extrinsic motivation. I go, right, well, you know, I've got the wedding coming up or, you know, I've got, got to get my, my, I was gonna say speedos. I don't wear speedos, just to, clarify i've got to get into my swimming trunks and you know there's going to be photos taken and think about that for a moment still not working so intrinsic extrinsic not working what do i do well this is where good old-fashioned discipline comes in it does i'm afraid and discipline is a lot easier when you formed a habit so sometimes if you're doing something if you've been doing something long enough you just do it because that's what you do take brushing your teeth for example now, as a kid, you're always trying to get out of it, aren't you? Oh, you don't want to brush them, see it's boring, blah, blah, blah. You haven't developed the habit of it yet. As an adult, you do it without even thinking. You wander into the bathroom. You don't even, you're thinking about your day's work, aren't you? You're putting toothpaste on the brush, you brush your teeth, and you do it before you get into bed. It doesn't take conscious thought because it's a habit. Now, before it becomes a habit, it does take discipline. And this is something that you can utilize if intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation doesn't work. Now, it's gonna sound very matter of fact, very frank, and some of you, it, it just will not resonate with you. Sometimes, you just have to tell yourself to get it done. So I'll get a little voice in my head going, oh, don't really wanna do it today. <laughs> and I just silence that voice. And again, it might sound very easy, well, it's not. Sometimes it's harder than other times. Sometimes it is quite easy. But I almost distract myself from it. In sports psychology, years ago, we used, to be we used to be taught about the elastic band thing. You get a negative voice in the head, you ping the elastic band, and you just get into the habit of like shocking yourself with this elastic band. Um, probably a bit old school now. It's a bit like slapping yourself across the face every time you think about a cookie. Um, probably don't recommend that. Oh, they might work. It's the same sort of thing. Every time you think about binning off, exercise, oh, I'm not gonna do it today, you just don't really feel it, you go, shut up. <laughs> Silence that voice in your head, just get it done. Life isn't always gonna be shits and giggles. Sometimes you're gonna have to do things you don't wanna do. And on those days, they are the ones that will probably um, really make a difference, really matter, because it's easy to do something when it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to do something when it's enjoyable, when you've got the motivation there. Some days you just have to make it happen. Just dig down into your best self. Think about that person. Who do I want to be today? Who do I want to show up as today? 
and just be that person. And that, that side of you that is feeling flaky, just push them out, push them out and just make it happen, get it done. And you can obviously get inspiration from other people. You can get on your YouTube or Instagram and look at some videos of other people who are giving you motivation talks and what have you. So you can be like, yep, I'm that person today. I'm going to believe in myself. Um, but that takes time. I think it's just quicker and easier just to develop that mindset of going, right, it's not going to be pretty today. Um, I'm just going to get it done. Okay, so that's the three things I want you to take home from today. Intrinsic motivation. Enjoying the process, motivation by pure enjoyment and pleasure, extrinsic motivation, end goal. We're working towards that end goal. We want to prevent those life-threatening diseases. Discipline, just get it done. Get it done. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening. Next, ex next exercise, next episode, I'm going to be talking about the psychological and physiological health benefits of exercise and how much exercise should we all be doing and as coaches and trainers how much exercise should we be getting our clients doing enjoy the rest of your day now if you enjoyed today's episode something you can do for me is subscribe to my show and if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content then please share it with them too you can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk Fill out a contact form, that will come straight to me. I will contact you shortly afterwards and I look forward to speaking to you then.